Bonjour tout le monde! Bonjour Delara! Bonjour Kelly! <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fine! It's been a minute! I had so excited to get back into recording again. Me it's too. been so long. I'm a little bit nervous, so just to give a bit of context, obviously we release our episodes like on a weekly basis, yeah. but Kelly and I haven't seen each other for a month and a half, yeah. like six weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, what you, have you been doing? This oh wow, I was I was in Edinburgh. You were like oh, in Scotland. My friend, you were in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, and then I the week after that I went to Mexico for two and a half weeks for actual holidays. Wow, nice. And the minute I came back, I went to Turkey for um, work. So yeah, it's been intense. I've been yeah. all over the place, but you've been traveling too, right? Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, just at the end of January, I was in uh, Florida also yeah. for a work trip. That was long, it was far. We were um, in the same time zone at the same time. I missed down in Mexico. <laughs> we were in the same time zone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was really fun to do. So uh, nice. Yeah, but um, I've not been jet setting quite as much as you have. I think you've managed <laughs> what five time zones. Five time zones in total. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, well, welcome home. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I missed recording. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, all of our uh, listeners or our followers on Instagram would have seen our posts, which were saying, "Ask us anything." So this is episode that we are going to answer all those questions that we received from our followers on Instagram and by email. So first off, thank you to everyone who posted questions for us. We are going to keep all of the questions anonymous, um, but we're going to have fun with this one. So maybe we should start off uh, with the questions from Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So our first question. Uh, when you first arrived, what were you most disappointed with and what were you most amazed by? Uh, I like this question. So, disappointment, I'm sorry to go with the cliche, but French people. <laughs> oh, show your work. <laughs> Especially Parisians. And the reason is that, like, we've talked about this multiple times before. I came here to build my life here, to make friends and everything. And Parisians are not that friendly in terms of, like, opening up their friend circle to especially a foreigner so that was my disappointment uh, but that worked out eventually it's been 10 years right mm -hmm. and amazed by how individual like single friendly the city is you can go anywhere by yourself have dinner by yourself and it won't be frowned upon like have a glass of wine in the terraces by yourself I love that about Paris mm -hmm. and another thing is you have access to so many exhibitions they come and go so fast like during my travels I missed so many things um, you can go to the cinema there's so many movies that come out any kind of culture that you want to uh, consume it's accessible and it's all year round so I love that about Paris disappointment wise I a hundred percent agree with you um, unfor it is unfortunate that it is such a cliche, but yeah, um, we talked about this actually, maybe yeah. in a few episodes that we've done before, um, certainly our drinking culture episode that came up, I think, and the, yeah. the drinking culture that I came from just doesn't exist here, and I think I've banged on about that for quite a while, that drinking <laughs> episode. Um, but yeah, I did, that's definitely a disappointment of mine, but you're right, that like for both of us it worked out really well, we got over it, we got past that disappointment, and we actually realised, you know, it's doable, but it's not that easy. Um, 
And I was amazed by um, the, the number of gig venues and the number of gigs that happen in this city. Like everyone plays Paris when they're touring Europe. They just they, everyone does. Yeah. The venues are amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And also. I wasn't amazed by amazed might be kind of overselling it a little bit, uh-huh. but I was certainly very pleasantly surprised with the weather. Um, I really enjoy the drier climate as opposed to the wet climate that's always in Scotland. So, yeah. We talked about this actually because weather for me is a disappointment <laughs> because like I just came back from Istanbul, it's 18 degrees with sunshine over there. Yeah. So obviously in comparison to Turkey, it's a lot colder and yeah. lots of rain. So, yeah. but I can understand after having been in Scotland, I right, totally yeah. get you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Okay. So, can we talk a little bit about Paris transport systems, maybe some deeper dives on cars and trains, etc. You know, it's, it's funny, like I love this question because I am obsessed with the Paris Metro, how it was built, how the names were selected for each station. Um, the variety of people that you see in there and the fact that it's completely this city uncensored. We will definitely do an episode on the Paris Metro. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Delara, you have no choice. You'll have to listen to me bang on about the Paris Metro. I'll let you shine. <laughs> it will be your episode. <laughs> so what about you? Do you have anything to say about the, the Paris transportation system? In terms of cars, it's definitely not a car-friendly city. Mm, and true. I love that about Paris. And even recently, I think they voted when you were in Florida, I was in Mexico, we couldn't vote. But the SUVs, like if they should get an additional fee for parking in Paris. Oh, really? So ju- just to limit the amount of SUVs entering the city and staying in the city. Just because of their size? Or yes, yeah, exactly. They're not environmental friendly. Yeah. If you get into an accident with them, your chances of like dying are higher as yeah. a pedestrian and all of that. Okay. And it was voted, again, like they, they are going to increase the parking fees for yes. SUVs, basically. Okay. So Paris is doing all these initiatives yeah. to make it I mean I think the mayor's aim is to be completely carless yeah in the future I don't yeah. know if that's achievable uh, I would love it if that was the case yeah. but I can understand what people like with um, disabilities uh, mobility mm. issues children it is, it is a challenge not to be yeah. uh, not to have a car in the city yeah but anyway um, I just love the fact that it's less. We see less and less cars in yeah. Paris. Have you ever gone to like the Champs Elysees on the like the last Sunday of the month where it's all car friendly? They like they like block off all the roads and you can walk up the middle of the Champs Elysees with no cars. Have you oh, ever have you ever done no. that? No, I should it's, have done that with my mom when she was here. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I'm not sure if it's like all year or if it's just certain months of the oh, summer. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's part of this initiative that um, Anne Dago wants to do. So no cars on like kind of the bigger boulevards okay. uh, the last Sunday of the month it's very cool oh nice well let's put that in the show notes so, like once we find the correct information and let's do that one yeah, then absolutely. why not okay more questions more questions next one is are there any specific landmarks that are your favourites or make you feel at home this is a hard one and then biased one I would say uh, Place de la République Mm, (laughs) not because it reminds me of home because the chaos the sound the stimulation that I get from that place and because I lived there for like maybe six seven years yeah it just feels like home to me because in Istanbul I used to live in Mecidiyeköy 
I tell people I miss it, and Turkish people look at me like I'm mad. It's such a chaotic per- place. Mm. Like you have to actually shoulder people as you walk by, or okay. else like you cannot really walk properly. Right. Okay. There's that many people, mm. and I love that. Yeah. And that's why I like Plaza de la Republic. Okay. Yeah. You thrive in the chaos yes. of, the, of the of the crowds. <laughs> yeah. How about I, you? Uh, I would say the exact opposite. Like I am. Um, I like my open spaces, so I, I really enjoy parks. There's no one park in particular that I like more than any other park. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, walking through a park or just sitting on the grass. Well, not the grass because you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> the grass, <laughs> please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when you can sit in the grass, it's really nice. So yeah, I like the open spaces of the parks more so. Yeah. Okay. So our next question then, Delara, is: Are there any parts of Paris that you've wanted to explore but haven't yet? I know the tenth. 11th, 12th and 15th <laughs> um, unfortunately pretty well I would say by now I don't know Montmartre so that could be interesting I don't know Montmartre I've been there I discovered it a little bit but I feel like I don't feel like a local I feel like a tourist when I'm mm. in Montmartre right, okay. if that makes sense yes it does make sense Montmartre is really nice and the reason you feel like a tourist is because it's full of tourists <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of why yeah. Um but um, yeah, I've explored that area a few times, like like off season, you know, uh-huh. when it's not like jammed with people. Maybe we could go there for lunch one day and maybe yeah, just check not? it out together, have a wander around, maybe record a podcast in the park. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like I would really like to spend more time in the 19th, uh-huh. like in the north of the city, you know, around about like um, Woodshamol and Belleville and those places. Yeah. I really like that area for like socialising, going out, loads of bars and restaurants and stuff, and like it's just a place. It's I never get to that side of the. City that often, um, and yeah, I would probably want to hang out there a little bit more. Definitely, we should spend more time as well there. Yeah, absolutely. I can help you. So let, let's uh, let's say you're gonna help me discover Montmartre, and I'm gonna help you discover Belleville. It's a deal. Okay, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question, Kelly. Have you ever seen any movies being filmed in Paris? Not ever once. No. Yeah, me neither. Sorry. (laughs) How about, like, have you ever spotted anyone famous? No, that's another no. But, um, like, I did... I, I did want to go to uh, the Trocadero to see Tom Cruise when he was in the city. He was promoting um, Mission Impossible Fallout, uh-huh. which was filmed all around the city. So I saw on his Facebook page, yes, I follow Tom Cruise's Facebook page. <laughs> I don't even care. Judge me all you want. I love Tom Cruise, okay? He's very problematic. I don't care. I love him. So I was so looking forward to going <laughs> to see Tom Cruise at the Trocadero. And I had to work. Like I was, I was like in the middle of the afternoon and then I had to go into the office. So I was a bit annoyed about that um, so I never got a chance to see him and then one other time I spotted like a local TV news reporter I think he, I don't even think he's famous in Paris but I knew his face okay. I spotted him when I was working in the Champs-Élysées and funnily enough then about like like last year sometime I matched with him on Bumble <laughs> really? Yeah, but I never actually got—I never got around to actually meeting them. So, okay. um, those are my famous person stories. <laughs> two, two people that I never met or saw. I—I <laughs> I never spotted anyone either. Although, like this reporter story makes me think. During my birthday, we went to a bar, and apparently there was a j- 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 journalist from the Quotidien at the bar, and my friends recognized them. And then I went to confirm because I was super curious. He didn't talk to me, but I actually ended up chatting with his friend. Right. Uh, but no, 
I don't know famous French people. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. I, know. I really would like to see uh, Romain Duris one day, though. I don't even know who that is. I have a massive uh, celebrity crush on him. Oh, I don't know who that is. He's this guy like who pops up in like independent French movies and like oh, okay. festival movies, that nice. kind of thing. Okay. Um, let's um, move to the next question. How often do you see influencers taking photos in Paris, Kelly? All the time, like I see all the time. Around the streets in the Latin Quarter, um, or some of the more picturesque kind of streets, uh-huh. like Rue de, Rue de um, Mongoy and those kind of places. Um, oh, you'll see people taking photos of their macaron in front of like a, a flowery shop or a, or a pretty boulangerie or something like that, you know. Oh. Or they're taking pictures of their crepes or something, you know. <laughs> um, that that whole sort of like flowers on the front of the buildings become like super popular now, like where we ex- are. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like this um, as we look out the window and see the flowers. Um, and it's just like made, I don't know if it made the city more Instagrammable, but there's so much more opportunity for people. I don't know if these people are influencers or if they're just tourists and more power to them. I always enjoy seeing people enjoying the city, you know, so yeah, um, yeah see it all the time. I just realized normally we're we're gotten so out of habit. We mentioned where we record and we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's the perfect place to mention it now. Yeah. We are in uh, Paradis du Fruit yeah. in Bastille, Paradis du Fruit Bastille. We recorded it here before. Yeah. It's an amazing spot, very cozy, and yes, it has artificial uh, lemon tree outside. Yeah, like leaves and flowers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cute. It is very cute. But influencers taking photos, I actually like never seen. Although I've seen uh, TikTokers doing TikTok dances. Ah, okay, yeah. I honestly admire their self confidence. Totally. Like dancing in public, like to your. I don't know. It's just another level of com. I can't do it. Yeah. So another interesting question that we got, Delara, um, from Instagram was, what's it like being a woman in Paris compared to other places that you've lived? Yeah, I mean, as a feminist, I can go on and on about answering this question. <laughs> Although this question, I think, got asked to us before we released the staying episode. Right. So we elaborate a lot mm. on what, how Paris helped us grow as human beings but morely as women mm. and become more independent as individuals so that question can definitely be has been answered in that episode I would say yeah but in a nutshell I feel I'm much more free independent I can think about what I want to do in the future as a woman I feel more confident I have a voice like it just helped me massively being in Paris as a single woman, yeah. coming in my late uh, 20s and finding myself, uh, it's definitely a, a life-changing event that I'm so grateful to France for that. Although, just a caveat, uh, I would not say France is much, 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 much better mm. than Turkey in terms of uh, equal human rights, women's rights. Uh, but it is better. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to say that. Yeah. Okay. And how about you? Yeah. Um. Again, covering this in the in the staying episode, like I didn't come from the same sort of um, social background as you did in terms of like the the, the politics and, and the society that you've come from. So yeah, the oppression. The, the oppression on, on, on women. So I don't think I I really felt that much of a difference coming here in the same way that you did. Um. However, what I will say is that there's 
I found a certain amount of freedom coming here to this city. I felt anonymous. I felt that I was free to walk around. I felt I was free to, for example, wear whatever I wanted. Um, and I felt less judged is the word I would use, mm -hmm. you know, with a certain, yeah, that's it. More free, less judged. That's how I felt. So what things did you miss from home that you now miss from France when you're not there? It took me a while to understand this question. <laughs> yeah. So, if I understood it correctly, when I first arrived uh, to France, so I don't have a particularly great relationship with food, but food, like as we covered in our food episode, mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's a comfort zone for me. So I miss the Turkish food, mm -hmm. and I was desperately looking for breakfast places, brunch places. We Where we are right now, they have amazing brunch. These kind of places didn't exist mm. when I arrived 2013. So the food definitely mm -hmm. I missed. Uh, and I also missed getting almost 24-7 hours service anywhere. Yeah. Istanbul, it never sleeps. 4 a.m. in the morning, you go out, you can buy uh, medicine, you can buy food, you can yeah. buy condoms, whatever. Like it's that common. Everybody works for like all the time. Right. Running errands. That's why I wanted to do getting yes. stuff done episode. <laughs> yes. So these kind of things I really missed. But I think it's all about moving to a new place and getting used to the habits there. Yeah. And now when I'm not in France and when I'm traveling. I miss the food, mm, the quality okay. of the food, and especially uh, the cheese and la baguette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss it. And um, I also miss the honesty of the service that I get in other countries. Unfortunately, this is a very privileged thing to say. We live in a first world country. The customer service, whatever you get is honest. The prices are uh, regulated. Whereas when you go to third world countries, you can get scammed very easily. Right. In France, some tourists do get scammed. I'm not saying they don't, but just honesty and uh, just trusting the service that I get yeah. in France, I miss when I'm traveling abroad. I see what you mean. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. How about you? Oh, mine is far less complex than that. Like when I went back to Scotland, I missed the fact that I couldn't get a train or a bus in three minutes. <laughs> oh my God! Like. When I got back to Scotland um, for Christmas the last time, I went to the bus station and there was like a minimum of 30 minute wait for any bus to leave Glasgow. And for that, for me is, right now, is unacceptable. Yeah. I just like this amount of waiting for public transport is unacceptable. As I say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we got spoiled here. Yeah. We got spoiled here. Yeah, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I love the RATP. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah. funny enough, we complain about it in Paris. <laughs> we do, but only because, like, okay, when I complain about the metro, right, so where I live, I live, like, on one of the forks of Line 7, mm -hmm. right? So e either the train goes to Ivry or it goes to um, Villejuif. Yes. I take the Villejuif train. Yes. And every now and again, when I leave here and it's late, I have to wait at least nine minutes that, for a metro outrageous. and that is a long time for a metro because it's only every alternative train and because it's late at night 
there's less trains. Mm, mm. So even nine minutes is um, a walk out the metro and I'm like, oh my god, this is so annoying. But the first time I came to your place, you cooked me dinner and I had to wait 22 minutes for the metro. I thought I was gonna die. Yes. <laughs> I thought I was gonna like, uh, I was about to throw a tantrum yeah. with the rest of the people waiting yeah. in the queue. Yeah. So. And it's like, you get there, there's a 22 minute wait and you're like, well, I'm not going then. You know what? I'm just gonna turn around and I'm going home. I am not waiting on a train for 22 minutes. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, Kelly. Yes. I'm now switching to the email questions. Sure. Uh, do you feel your personal style has changed or been influenced by living in Paris? Uh, yes, I would say my style has changed. Um, partly, it's okay. It's, it's a bit more layered than just because I live in Paris. There is um, part of that because I kind of like to keep up with like the low-key sort of affordable sort of trends. Um, you know, like a Presque Parisienne, you know, <laughs> like, I kind of like to look a certain way. Um, but I also think it's got a bit to do with my age as well, you know, mm -hmm. I think like I said I said already I felt feared and less judged in the city mm -hmm. and that also goes for what I wear. Um, now I feel I can wear whatever I want mm -hmm. and not feel that I'm carrying like the burden of judgement of others, you know, mm -hmm. so I think that comes with a bit with age, a bit with more confidence, yeah. um, rather than just it being a, an effect of Paris. Okay, for me, I would say absolutely yes. Quality over quantity, not over consuming, being minimalist about my purchases, except for when I go to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all jokes aside, like whenever I go to Turkey, whenever my friends see me, they're like, oh, like you completely change your style, change, you look so Parisian. Is that supposed to be a compliment? I want to take it as a compliment. Because again, I'm not judging any woman who wears whatever they want, who puts on how much makeup, whatever much makeup they want to put on. Uh, but I feel like in Turkey it's a little bit more exaggerated. And whenever I travel to the UK, I feel the same. Mm, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this like mob wife trend that's happening right now. Like mob wife, do you know what that is? I know what a mob wife is. Do you know what I'm, a mob wife looks like? Um, I guess so, yeah. From like, like with like leopard fofer jacket, oh, right, like right, fake yes. eyelashes okay. and all like sure, hoop okay. earrings and that. Whenever I travel to the UK, I feel like that's the style. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Do you see like the foundation and stuff? Yes, yeah, the the over the over makeup. Oh the, yes, yeah, I I know exactly the style you mean. Yes, and that is very trendy. Not the mob like mob wife look, uh, but that is also like overdoing anything is yeah. also very trendy in Turkey. And I feel like in France, at least in Paris, that's not that yeah. way. And I have embraced this, and I love it. Yeah. Honestly, I I just love it. Yeah. Not overdoing anything. Yes. And just, Yeah. Yeah, and like I think I think we have mentioned this before, but it's like the the um, casual chic look. Yes, you know, yes, it's, yeah. it's very you know minimalist, yeah. not natural, yeah. natural, natural yeah. and, and a, yeah. a casual chic look. Yeah. Yes, uh, I think it's called effortless chic. Yes, thank and you. It's that is not, the word. It's not for. effortless. You have to put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. Another email question, Delara. Mm -hmm. What's the buzz like regarding the Olympics that are coming this year? And do you think the city's ready? 
we it feels like we live in an entire like construction site. Everything is in trouble all the time. Metro lines are closed, and I do not think the city is ready. We received a, a flyer in the mail uh, from the from the Paris city uh, officials, and they recommend us uh, when the Olympics are taking place that we do as much as work from home as possible so that we don't overpopulate the uh, transportation. <laughs> um, that we try to walk as much as possible again instead of taking the transportation. And if we can, take our holidays during the Olympic Games. So leave Paris, literally. Oh really? Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's uh, conseiller. Ah, because I'm um, only like Two days ago, Anne Hidalgo was on um, a press mm -hmm. conference and she said, no, Parisians, stay put. We don't want you to leave Paris because it's going to be so amazing and we want you to stay here and profit from all of this. I'm not surprised that she said that uh, because so Anne Hidalgo is the mayor of Paris and then we have another mayor, Valérie Pécresse, uh -huh. who is the mayor of Ile de la France. Right. And they're from opposition parties. Oh. So they, they contradict each other, which is not surprising at all right okay um, yeah yeah we can stay I, I'm not staying put we're already looking into options of like getting out of Paris during that time and uh, you if you're a homeowner you can obviously make a lot of money out of it I've seen a lot of videos on this but if you're renting you cannot sublet your apartment uh, but I many people that I know are gonna leave Paris yeah. Yeah. I, I just it's a good event, it's once-in-a-lifetime event, but honestly it doesn't interest me that much, Olympic sports, seeing that many tourists in Paris either, it's gonna be overly populated and hot, I just wanna get out of here, I don't know, what are you gonna do? Well, yeah, for a start, like, I don't think the city's ready either. I am not interested in the games either. I don't I don't really care about any of the sports that are going on. I looked at ticket prices and they're so expensive. And um, a ticket for the opening ceremony right now, just to, if you get a reserved seat round about the, the Eiffel Tower, is €2,700 for to reserve a seat. So I'm kind of I'm kind of starting to think, like, yeah, are the Olympics for everyone to bring the world together or is it actually just elitist bullshit? I'm kind of starting to think it's just like, yeah. so um, I'm, I will probably stay because I am one of these people who is a homeowner who can potentially make some money off my apartment. Mm -hmm. It's very logistically heavy to deal with right now, but um, I'm, if I don't find any um, takers for my apartment, mm -hmm. then yeah, I would probably think about leaving the city as well. But yeah. um, I've got no concrete plans at the moment. But I'm dreading it. Now, another question from a friend of mine who asked me this question in Turkey because uh, they're interested in a hospitality business right now. They want to open up their hotel. So they asked me, how do the French travel? Which countries do they go to? I, I don't really know. Um, I can't really spit. I, I do know that like Corsica is rather popular um, during yeah. August time. Um, if you don't, if you if you don't really know how summer holidays work in France, everyone leaves uh, to go on holiday in August. 
We should definitely do an episode on summer holidays in France. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's I mental agree. to me how everybody decides to leave like a flock of birds at the same time. But yeah. there's July and August. Yeah. But there's there's like a there's like a social divide between people yeah. who take their holidays in July and people who take their holidays in August. Yeah. But yeah, we can discuss the whole I, the whole concept. But I would probably say what like maybe Corsica or like if it's the winter time and it's the winter holidays, then people will probably go skiing. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know what French people do for holidays. <laughs> um. Well, I would not want to like overgeneralize the entire population. I don't really know either. But my observation is they like visiting the old colonies of France because French is spoken there. And I feel like uh, they like visiting the nature. Like they like seeing uh, the nature and taking an extra mile to see that. So for example, when we were in Turkey, uh, we were trying to communicate to my friends that we don't want to take the highway, the autoroute, uh, and to see the seaside view and take the longer uh, road to get to a place. Right. And they were like, why? <laughs> and my, my partner, Jeremy, he was like, well, we want to see the view. And they were like, why? <laughs> like, the sea is always there. You can just go um, at a beach and see the sea. You know, like, seeing the nature, appreciating the nature, mountains, yeah. that kind of stuff. Maybe it's a European thing. I know you like hiking yeah. as well. Like there is no word in Turkish for hiking. It doesn't exist in the vocabulary. Wow. We okay. have so many mountains, but nobody hikes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say like the French like that, but maybe it's a European thing. Yeah. I don't really know. Possibly, yeah. Wow. That's hilarious. Also, one thing is that uh, in France, there is this like, travel guide that is called Routard, uh, which is written by the people who travel the less traveled uh, destinations and visit spots and then give their... It's like a Lonely Planet kind of a thing. Yeah. But the reason I love it, I discovered it uh, through um, uh, Jeremy and I, I know you know this really well, like that friend group really uses this guide. Yeah. The reason I really like it is that because they show uh, and talk about non-tourist places okay. that you cannot easily find on the internet. It right. requires a lot of research to do it and I really like that kind of traveling. Yeah. Mm -mm. As a guide I found it pretty heavy, pretty mm -hmm. meaty, far too much information. True. Um, and yeah, I found it quite difficult to use. Yeah, so, it's not very like, visual. Yeah, it's not very visual. It's not very user friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. There's no. I, I sound like a child when I say like there's no pictures. <laughs> I, I like to. I like to see pictures. Uh, okay, Kelly, we got another question. Um, is uh, customer service and restaurant service really that bad in France? Um, I find the service at restaurants. It's fine. I, I actually, the, yeah, it's always been fine for me. I've never had a reason to um, walk out of a restaurant and say I'm never going back there because of the service. Like never really. Um, it's efficient. You get just the right amount of attention. Um, occasionally the food is like not very good. Yeah. But like service-wise, no, I would I would say it's fine. Um, where I would put my complaint on customer service here would be in um, the bigger high street shops, mm H&M, -hmm. Sephora, these kind of places. Um, they don't really care about people, anyone in a queue. Their staff just all chat to each other. It's just, it's just really feels like it's really badly managed, and it feels like mm -hmm. a waste of time to go into these places. Um, restaurants fine, shops not so much. Okay. Well, I would say it depends on your understanding of customer service. Mm -hmm. uh, like talking about restaurants, I really prefer it the French way. 
like especially I just got back from Mexico and Turkey right the customer service there is like they come to your table every two minutes oh, yeah. you want something else is everything going all right like I just I'm I appreciate their attention but I just want to like the, the waiter come here we've been recording for an hour now we told him what we're doing mm. after the recording we told him we're gonna order food everything is fine it also an understanding of the tip culture that doesn't really exist here yeah. so uh, we're in countries like the US and Mexico is the same and Turkey is the, uh, is the same people tr- uh, working in the service industry depend on their tips yeah. to make a living so they go the extra mile to yeah. give you that service. In France, always tip, but they don't depend on your tip to survive, yeah. like to, to actually like survive. Um, okay, so it, I actually, um, on my way to the airport, so this is a bit cheating, this is not a, like an ask us anything, but I told the taxi driver that I'm doing a podcast and right. like we're collecting questions. Does he, fo- does he follow us now? <laughs> well, he doesn't speak English, so... <laughs> but oh, well, I, thought asked... have, I thought you would have got us another follower. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like he actually literally interviewed me, he was super curious about France. Okay. And one question I found really interesting because in Turkey there is like um, and I don't want to make like label it as xenophobia but there is being Turkish and anything else is a foreigner okay and uh, Turkish culture has a lot of like customs and traditions around it there is a religion factor as well so he just asked me like you're you're with a French person man directly he assumed like my sexual orientation no questions asked Uh, well I am right now with a man and uh, he said how how is it being with a foreigner? Like, what is different being with a foreigner? Did you ever get asked a question like this when you were when you are were with French people? Not by a taxi driver. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's a very personal question from. Oh our, no, we don't have limits. Oh really? No boundaries in no Turkey. No boundaries. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm. I've been asked once, but like I say, it was by someone that I, I knew, uh-huh, know, so, but that's quite an intimate question. And what w- would you say what's the difference, like, what, what, what would you respond, sorry? Um, yeah, I would say that yes, it is different, um, culturally speaking, if, if, I was to, if I was to talk about this again, then yeah, I would keep forgetting that some things, I would keep forgetting that some things that I would do or expect wouldn't actually happen. You remember the awkward Christmas story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so things like that, you know, and like stuff like that happened quite a lot. Um, but the hardest thing for me, or like the biggest difference for me, is obviously like the language barrier. Like if you're in a relationship with someone, you have to deal with quite complex feelings. You have to be able to like talk about your feelings, and you have to be able to talk about kind of complex situations and how how it's affecting your relationship. Um, and if you don't have that vocabulary or if, that, if the person that you're talking to doesn't fully 100% understand you, it makes for really poor communication within your relationship, therefore it can be quite hard. Otherwise, if yeah. you do try to express your complex feelings with like limited vocabulary, you sometimes come across them like a child yeah. and, it's, and it, you, 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 ha- you have to simplify yourself too much and you can't get the complexity across, you know? Yeah. So you're kind of diluting your thoughts and feelings. I found that very frustrating. The, um, I don't know if you watched Modern Family. In there, there was a scene well, uh, where um, I think her character or her real name is Gloria. 
and she's obviously her native language is uh, uh, Spanish and she's speaking to her American husband and she's like do you even know how smart I am in Spanish <laughs> like she says that you know yeah. and sometimes I feel that and I even like communicated that once to Jeremy saying that like uh, do you understand my intellectuality level like because it's high yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna be humble about this like I'm an intellectual intelligent person yeah. and in French sometimes as you said like I feel like a complete child yeah, yeah. It is, and it's frustrating it's very frustrating yeah. I get you and the way I answered to the taxi driver is basically I told them like um, all of my French partners they always found me a little bit too cunning, like malin, mm. you know, like I'm street smart <laughs> and majority of the French people don't have that. If mm. they've grown up in the banlieue, yes, growing up, uh, up in any class in Turkey, except for like your super high elite, mm. you have to be street smart. Mm. You have to know these things, otherwise you can't survive. Yeah. Something will happen to you. Like. Straight up, I'm scaring you. Look at your eyes, but like uh, you have to learn that. And yeah. they were like, but "Why? Like cutting the line? Like I don't do that as often as I used to before." Mm. But they they feel like I know some things that they never had to learn. Right? Okay, assuming. Yeah, I don't know the right word for it mm. in English. Well, I guess that's it. That's all our questions that we we've got for this edition of Ask Us Anything. You know, don't forget you can ask us anything anytime you want. You know, we're on Instagram, on Spotify. There is a link at at the end of every episode. You can find it as well. Exactly. And you can email us. Uh, you can send us postcards, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna make lame jokes. Jokes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got so embarrassed. I couldn't even say lame jokes. We just really appreciate. It. It's been a fun, fun episode. Doing it has this, been. Yeah. yeah, it has been really fun. So, folks, we have a little announcement to make. We really would like to bring uh, more quality content for you all. So we decided to slow down a little bit, right, Kelly? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're gonna do is start releasing more episodes, but on a bi-weekly basis. So every two weeks, you'll be getting a quality episode from us. So again, thank you so much for following us and listening. And we hope that we can start to bring you better episodes, better seasons. Thank you so much for all your support along the way. We look forward to working hard to meet your expectations right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow.